All right, back here with another Preps podcast. This is Kyle Nedenrip, joined by the uh, guys from Indiana Basketball Source, uh, Trevor Andershock and Jeff the Shark, Shanley. And uh, we're going to be talking Indiana All-Stars and actually have something ready, uh, written, and kind of taking a look at some of the potential All-Stars for this year. And, you know, first of all, guys, I I enjoy enjoy talking with you guys about basketball. I know you guys are are up on things as as usual. And uh, I think, you know, first of all, this year is going to be, I think, somewhat easier as I go through it and and then somewhat harder on maybe on the back end of trying to get – uh, some some players with size, but as you guys look at this and, and have done your homework, uh, what 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 kind of stands out to you as far as this year's group of all stars? Um, I'll go ahead and start. Shark, uh, I think the main thing is just the back end of the the team. How is that going to be filled? Are you going to try to break it up by position, or are you just going to go off the best thirteen players? Um, how much are you going to account for senior year versus career? And then, like, just an overall picture thing, last year's 2021 group of Indiana All-Stars, you really couldn't pick one guy out and say, why did he make the team? You know, most years there's usually one or two that might not have the greatest resume, but last year was so strong. I think we're going to kind of go back to a normal year where you can pick holes in those final spots and say this kid could have made it over him or whatnot. So I think this year will be a little bit different from last year. Yeah, I don't necessarily think the the top end is as good this year as last year, obviously. I mean, last year was amazing, but I think there's a lot of kids, like you said, Kyle, in that kind of 8 to 17 range of players that there's going to be a lot of people upset when kids who they think should make it don't get picked. But at the same time, there's so little separating um, that group that I think You know, you almost can't go wrong, but there's going to be a lot of tough decisions. A lot of kids right there with one another and one kid gets picked and another one may not make the team. And then, Kyle, like you said, last year you had a lot of size. This year, uh, not so much. So it'll be interesting to see the front court that gets selected for this team. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that part in a minute um, as far as the front court goes and some of the options there. Uh, I'm just going to throw out, I had six guys as locks for the team that I think are, you know, pretty much have uh, solidified their spot on the team, I would say. And let me know what you guys think as I go through this list of guys. And I would say, you know, pretty easily, I'd say Fletcher Lawyer of Homestead, um, Braden Smith of Westfield, uh, both those guys, of course, going to Purdue. And we can get into their numbers and stuff a little bit more. I've got those two and, and Pete Suter of Carmel. And what do you think? I mean, I think those three for sure. Are you guys with me on those three? Yeah, totally behind those. Yeah, I agree with that. And then the next three I had, uh, C.J. Gunn of Lawrence North, who uh, I got his numbers yesterday. He's averaging 22.1 and 4.8. The only thing is about C.J., he's only played – uh, nine games so far. He missed the first uh, few games with the foot injury, but I, I would say, uh, you know, he's he's a he's a surefire uh, all star. And then Tay Davis from Warren Central, twenty three point three and nine point seven per game uh, on rebounds, uh, just went over a thousand points. And then Connor Asigan from uh, Central Noble, the Wisconsin recruit, who was not a, a junior all star last year, but he's twenty seven point one. 
uh, 6.0 rebounds and shooting about 44% from three. And he's now the all-time leading scorer, not only at his school, but Noble County with uh, over 2,200 points. So I've got those six as uh, what I think are, are locks to make the team. And I don't even think position-wise or anything really makes a huge difference with those six guys. But <clears throat> what do you think about those six total? I think those six are definitely in. Um, I would even go a step further with a couple more. I think they're definitely locks. But those six, you can't argue either way from a career perspective or senior year perspective. Like you said, C.J. Gunn's missed some games, but he's been terrific when he's played. Braden Smith will end up missing some games, but he was playing really well when he went down with the injury. So I don't think you can argue with any of those six being pure locks right now. Yeah, I probably had uh, the closest of those six I had maybe to go off the locks would be Suter, just maybe because of the raw numbers maybe aren't as high. But you look at somebody who has done it over the course of their career and just been so solid that, yeah, he's in there. And then, Kyle, somebody who I think is I had on my list for locks. Well, hold, um, on, I hold think, on, hold on, Shark. Rain the Shark back in here. <laughs> I'm, I'm reeling you in shark just a second all uh, right but we'll, we'll get to the next uh guys but i would you know on Suter, you know i i would say and i did pull his numbers too he's uh 14.1 points uh 5.6 rebounds 2.4 assists and 1.7 steals and then you know what really stands out this year he's shooting 45 percent from the three-point line and that's something you know that's an area where he has not you know always been uh, the best, I would say, or, you know, that hasn't really been seen as a strength for him. Uh, but that, I think, solidifies him, too. And then the the other factor with him is he's a two-time state champion, and he's never lost a tournament game because the one year, you know, they didn't win it, nobody won it. It was the uh, pandemic year when it got cut off. So, you know, I would say the – I agree with you on the overall numbers probably uh, don't pop off for him, but, you know, that's partly because of, you know, his team and – just his, you know, the nature of his exactly. game a little bit too. Uh, but all the other things kind of line up for him. And and I think he's probably having his best – well, not probably. He's definitely having his best offensive year. Yeah, I really like how he stepped up and taken that scoring role. It seemed early in the year, Carmel didn't really have that guy that could really just take over the game offensively. And he's really filled that role, especially the last few games, like against Lawrence North and – uh, Cathedral a couple of weeks ago, he just took over the game offensively and dominated, pushed uh, the Greyhounds to a victory. So I definitely see him as a pure lock. His career and his senior year numbers just put him in that category for me. And uh, and Lawyer is uh, he just went over two thousand total uh, for his high school career, including his time at up in Michigan, two years up in Michigan, and then uh, he's over almost 1200 for his two years at, at Homestead, which is incredible for the uh, level of play. I don't think anybody's arguing him. And, and uh, I think at this point, Tay Davis has is, is definitely earned his, his numbers are also way up uh, this year and overall efficiency is really good too. So uh, he's along with Chandler Jackson really kind of put that team uh, on his back. So I think everybody's good with those six. I don't think we'll have, you know, as many arguments as we get on this stuff. I don't think anybody would argue those six and, uh, Shark, you did mention Braden Smith or Trevor. Uh, he was – I did uh, check in with his dad today, and they're still on track hoping he can play uh, the uh, last, uh, you know, part, the sectional 
uh, tournament and whatever games they have there. So uh, hopefully we'll see him play again. But even, you know, even at this point, you know, 1,500 points and all-time school-leading score, and his numbers were exceptional. So uh, I think that's a, a pretty much a done deal. And now we get to the next level. And here's – so the next – I had the next four – I almost put them as locks too. Um you know, and I think we'll have some some crossover here with probably what you guys think. But I think these guys, I would be almost just as stunned at this point if these four were left off. Uh, and, he, and I'll get just give them to you. Tayshawn Comer, uh, Cathedral, uh, One City. Um, you know, we, I'll get into his numbers in a second. Ryan Conwell <clears throat> of Pike uh, had him on that next le- level. Uh, Travis Grayson of Chesterton. And then Jalen Jackson of uh, Fort Wayne Northrop were the next four that I had as what I thought were almost, you know, close to being locks themselves. So what, what do you guys think about those four? Um, I had Conwell, Comer, and Jackson as locks. I still have, even being uh, Chester and alum, I still have Grayson, Travis Grayson on the borderline um, just because his career numbers just don't stand out quite as much as some of these other guys, but obviously has Chester number one right now. And I think if they get to regionals, um, when the sectional get to regional and maybe beyond, then you could probably slide them into that lock category, but I think he might still have some work to do, but I definitely think Conwell, Comer, Jackson throughout their careers have earned a spot on the team uh, pretty much in lock territory for me. Yeah. I had Tayshawn Comer as uh, the one lock that I was about ready to mention. I think he's really, you know, he's been a four-year starter at Cathedral, but I think even this year he's taken his game up to another level with the efficiency and um, and really just that team has so many talented players that it's it's hard for one guy to always stand out. But, you know, every time I've watched Cathedral, Comer's there. You're always going to get a, a solid effort from him, and he's really just stepped up into a um, – a really fine basketball player this year. So here's the, uh, and this really, and I agree with you on that. I think Comer, I easily could have put in the next level, Uh, 16.9 points, 5.6 assists. And really what impresses me again, kind of like Suter, he's 51.3% from the three point line, which is uh, again, that efficiency, you know, I think everybody looks at that and I think that's got to impress you you know, 51.3%, 41 for 80 uh, from the three-point line. And he's up to uh, 1,226 career points. So uh, just really good numbers. I know Cathedral's been a little bit up and down this year as far as, you know, mostly up, but, you know, based on what we thought they had coming in, uh, probably lost some games that, that you know, probably thought they should have won or maybe played better in. But uh, he's been a consistent player for them pretty much throughout. And like you said, his career number is really good. He's he's uh, he's definitely done it throughout his career. Uh, Ryan Conwell, twenty two points a game, uh, headed to South Florida, and his overall numbers, you know, in other areas, six point eight rebounds, three point four assists, three point one steals, all really good numbers. Fifty one percent from the field and thirty five percent from three uh, makes all his free throws pretty much, and he's closing in on a thousand points. So. I've always liked him as a player, and and he's really, um, you know, I think once uh, he could be recruited in front of coaches and stuff like that, as we know, it kind of took off for him. 
And then Jalen Jackson, 27.5 points, 9.4 rebounds, uh, really physical guard, uh, Northrop's 10 and 8. And, you know, he was a junior all-star last year at Fort Wayne Carroll, played really well uh, in the junior game against the seniors. So I think he kind of had a head start, you know, just people seeing him play in that game uh, who make these decisions uh, liked him and what he did in that game. So I think that only helped him. And then Grayson, uh, like you said, uh, Trevor, he doesn't probably have the name recognition, I would say, or the overall career numbers maybe that some of the others do. Uh, but uh, I always think, you know, if you're number one and undefeated and you're the leader of that team, that gives you a pretty good uh, chance. I've seen him twice this year and really like him. 18.6 points, uh, 5.8 assists, uh, 3.2 rebounds, and 2.6 steals. Uh, all those obviously really good numbers. 53% from the field. And he doesn't shoot a ton of threes, but uh, 34%. And then 84% from the free throw line, he does get to the line uh, quite a bit and he makes them count. So, and also just, I think, uh, you know, like a lot of these guys are uh, on this team this year, I think a really good leader. Uh, if you talk to his teammates, you know, they'll uh, really brag on him about that part of his game too. So I slid him on there. I think, uh, Trevor, you mentioned if they lose in the sectional, maybe, you know, what do you think? Would that maybe hurt his chances? Yeah, I'm just kind of thinking about just getting his name out there. Um, a lot of these other guys that are going to be in contention probably have more recognition since they've gotten deeper in the state tournament or playing Indianapolis. So I think that's something Grayson could overcome by getting that sectional win and getting to at least regionals where you're getting to play on a little bit bigger stage and really proving yourself. You know, and obviously that's helped a lot of people in the past when you get deep in the tournament, especially at the 4A level to get on the Indiana all-star team. And I think that would really solidify a spot if uh, Cheshire can do that. Yeah. And I think their toughest competition, um, even getting through regionals is going to be actually in their sectional against Valpo. And that's a big game that's uh, coming up here, I believe uh, next Friday um, yeah, next for the Friday. DAC championship. So that's going to be a huge matchup um, up there in Porter County. Um, so yeah, the, Obviously, number one, undefeated. He's the he's the unquestioned leader up there, and he's had a phenomenal senior year. So um, Trevor doesn't want to show too much homerism for Chesterton, but I will I will fly the flag for Travis Grayson here. <laughs> well, thank you, Shark. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, he, he's uh, I, I think people who watch him play, you know, you come away with a really good impression of how hard he plays and. You know, the numbers really uh, stack up for him uh, this year, at least. So, you know, I, I would, uh, you know, I'd probably slide him in there. But I think all these guys, you know, you look at some of the routes that, you know, we mentioned 10 guys so far. Um, you know, there's going to be some guys who knock each other out. You know, Braden Smith, if, if he is able to play, you know, they've never got through a sectional. But, you know, some of these guys, I, I don't think it's going to matter uh, too much if you, uh, you know, if you don't make it through because they're going to be losing to a pretty good team uh, at that point. Uh, I don't know. What do you think about Central Noble, uh, Shark? I mean, you've seen them a couple times. Are they, is that going to be uh, for, for Connor to, to get on the team? Is that going to matter to them to win the sectional? Um, it's, it's interesting because they haven't won for as good as Central Noble's been the last couple of years. They've been knocked out. Um, Cherubusco's won that sectional. And, and to be fair, that is – probably the best two a sectional in the state, in my opinion, at least the last couple of years. And uh, it, it could be again this year, you know, their one loss was to a sectional opponent in East side. Um, those two teams have played twice this year. I was at their 
NECC tournament championship game where Connor went off for 30, I believe 39 and 10. And then they played six days later and uh, Ed Bentley and his Eastside Blazers, they kind of junked it up a little bit, slowed it down. Uh, Connor only had five points in that game. I think he rolled an ankle in the second quarter and didn't score after that. And Eastside just kind of played a low possession ball control game, you know, was really efficient. So, you know, that's, it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility that Central Noble doesn't make it out of their sectional, uh, but they've been just, they've just been boat racing people lately. Uh, I watched their game against Prairie Heights where um, Connor had 48, hit 10 threes. Um, when he gets going, there's no shot that's off limits that he can't make, you know, get several times he got a rebound, just dribbled up and pulled up from the volleyball line and didn't find anything but the bottom of the net. And they've got, they've got really good supporting cast. You know, Ryan Schroeder's kind of a little glue guy, does everything. Logan Gard can give you buckets inside. Connor Levin gives them another uh, 40% plus three-point shooter. So it's not just Connor up there. Um, I think they've definitely got a chance. You know, obviously Eastside in the sectional and then Blackhawk Christian potentially in the regional, if they make it, there are two solid opponents for them. But uh, all the stars are kind of aligning for Central Noble to, to have a run here. Well, that gives that gets us to uh, uh, ten players. Uh, were there any on that list, guys, uh, that uh, or not on that list? I guess of ten uh, that uh, I should have on there. Do you think, or that you would have on your list of potential locks? No, that sums it up for me. I only had those first nine, and then Grayson on the the second tier for me. So I wouldn't add any any more. What about you, Shark? The only person I had um, that we haven't talked about yet on that second tier was Ahmad Girard from Mount Vernon mm-hmm. uh, heading to IUPUI. He's had a, a very good senior year. Obviously, Mount Vernon is winning as usual. Um, so I had him kind of on that second tier, uh, maybe towards the bottom end of the kids on that second tier, but somebody who I think, you know, for at least, you know, one of those last three or four spots can be um, talked about. Well, I had him. So there's a there's a next list here that I had that's kind of on the on the bubble I guess you would say, and remember there's only at this point you know three spots left. Now you could have a situation where, you know they if for instance uh, Braden Smith couldn't play or you know something something like that they could open up a spot that way potentially. Uh, we're not going to factor that in to this list, but uh, there's always that potential. I, I kind of wonder about Jalen Washington. You know what what will happen there? Will they? Uh, give him a, a, cause he certainly would have been on this team if not for the knee injury. So uh, that could be a situation too, uh, where he's an Indian all-star. Uh, I don't know for sure what they'll do with that uh, up until they name the team, but um, yeah, I was, I was going to ask you about that Kyle, because it seems like lately they've been giving those honorary spots and just, you know, selecting 13 healthy guys and then having Jalen basically be a 14 guy you don't see that as just a pure lock at this point. You think it could be up in the air still. I, I kind of assume I haven't asked uh, Mike Broughton about that, but uh, I, I probably should. Uh, he, I, I would think that would be the way they would go knowing, you know, obviously he would have been part of this group and seems like the right thing to do. I would say, um, you know, I, I know there's people who disagree with that line of thinking, but uh, but I, I think that's kind of, like you said, that's kind of been the trend here recently. And I think, if there's anybody who would probably, you know, be in that boat, I would think it'd be Jalen Washington to uh, be named an Indian All-Star 
uh, and just kind of, that seems like the right thing to do. I don't know. I guess that's how I would approach it. Yeah. Um, but so let's, you know, taking that out of it and, and any potential injury, you know, we're already up to 10. So it gets, you know, as you do these lists, you know, it gets, it fills up pretty fast, even in a year where you feel like, all right, we, I feel really good about those 10 uh, that we named. Uh, but then you have, uh, like Shark mentioned, Ahmad Girard, and I, I do think he has a really good chance to make it. And But what do you do with uh, Armand Girard, who his brother, do you take both of them? And, and Armand is also having a really good uh, season as well, uh, both going to IEPY. Their team is winning a lot. They're 14 and two. Uh, so I had both of them kind of on that next level. Uh, Ahmad is more of the, uh, you know, lengthy wing, uh, six, four, uh, he's shooting 40% from the three point line this season, which is up for him and 64% overall. So really having a good year, 15.3 points, uh, 4.7 rebounds, 3.4 assists. And then Armand is about 14.1, uh, 3.4 assists, 2.3 steals. And he's also shooting actually a, a notch better than his, than his brother, 41% from three and 54% overall. So, you know, both those guys, I think, have a good chance to make it. Um, you know, I guess it'll kind of depend on what you're looking for. If you notice, as we go through those first 10 names, though, we don't have a lot of post players. So that's where I wanted to get into next is who who do you guys look at for size you know, with this team? We're, we're on that next level of, you know, we're, we're basically on the bubble now. Who would you guys look for as, as some size to put in there? Because certainly they're going to look to get some – you know, rim protection with this team. Yeah, this is definitely a guard-based uh, team so far in class overall. Uh, I don't think there's anybody even close to that first tier in terms of big men. I would say, you know, Charlie Williams for Carmel or Jeff Simmons from Fishers would be the, the first two big guys that I would look at um, just to add some size. I know Charlie Williams hasn't had great you know, counting stats this year, but I've really been impressed with one is passing ability. A lot of those games where Suter doesn't take over, Williams finds shooters like Orm a lot. His passing's really stood out this year. Um, so I think he could be one. Jeff Simmons, obviously, four year starter for Fishers. Um, they can make another, they can make a state run. They're one of the top four A teams in the state. Um, that would help put him on the team, I would think. Um, going to uh, Miami of Ohio for football. Mm -hmm. So I think those are the main two I would look at, but uh, I think you'd have to get pretty far down the list to get a third or fourth option there. Yeah. Uh, uh, the only other person on my list uh, with size, and I had him on the borderline, probably lower on the borderline is uh Cayman Bontrager up at Leo, who um, was at uh, Lakewood Park Christian for the first two and a half years, went to, Elevation prep last year for the second semester. And then he's at Leo now. Um, Leo, one of the top 3A teams in the state, obviously a runner up last year in 3A. But you look at the numbers he's had, he's had some monster games uh, this year and putting up numbers for a really good 3A team. Do I think he makes the team? Probably not, but I think he's definitely in the conversation when you're talking about um, size. And if you need somebody with size, um, he's an option as well. Yeah, he, he was a name I was – sorry, Trevor, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think a, a deep tournament run would definitely help Bontrager in this conversation as well because 
if Leo makes it pretty deep, it's going to be a, with him playing a major factor. So I'd, I'd say a postseason run for him could really help. Yeah, he's uh, – I didn't have their total numbers uh, yet as of now, but I know he's a shade above 20 points a game. And uh, he's about six foot seven. Um, you know, he's he's a high flyer. You know, I watched part of their Angola game on uh, the other day. And, and yeah, he can really get off the floor. Um, you know, really, you know, exciting player going to Indiana Wesleyan. Uh, so he might I think he might be a guy they'll take a long look at. And then, you know, there's another guy on his team, actually, uh, DJ Allen, who he's a Rutgers football commit. Uh, but if you're looking for size and strength, um, you know, he's a guy too. I don't know where he's at. If you guys looked at him at all, or even considered him, but you know, he does, uh, and they made a pretty deep tournament run last year. So, you know, he might be a guy, you have two guys on the team. They're kind of the same size, but, but play a little different style of basketball. Yeah. And we haven't even gotten to, you know, a couple of really talented kids in Indy that I had on kind of like my borderline list. Uh, Reggie Bass from Tech and Billy Smith of Brebuff, um, both really talented kids having really good senior years that, you know, if you're looking for, you know, a, a bigger lead guard, you can can look at Reggie. If you're looking for another kid that can stretch the floor, you, you know, Billy's an option. Those are two kids that I think should merit a serious consideration um, when you're looking to finalize and fill out the the last few spots in the roster, I think those two um, are would certainly be deserving. Again, Shark is getting ahead of me here because uh, <laughs> I had Shark always likes to jump ahead in the assignment. <laughs> so here's the uh, so on on that next level of bubble, uh, we talked about Simmons, and just to give you an indication of what he's doing this year, Jeffrey Simmons from uh, Fishers, you know, like Trevor said, Miami of Ohio football recruit. Uh, 17.9 points, 6.6 rebounds. Uh, Fishers is 16 and two, and Simmons also has over uh, 1,300 career points. So he's been doing it for a long time. One of those guys seems like he's been in high school for about 10 years, <laughs> kind of like Pete Suter, because uh, he's been playing for since his freshman year. And they're ranked number two in the state. So I think that's got to matter for something. And and the fact that he's a, you know, he's not necessarily a you know, back to the basket post player necessarily, but he does, he would give you some size. So I, I kind of like what he's, what he would bring to the table. And then uh, like uh, Shark said, Reggie Bass, 18.2 points, 6.9 rebound assists. 6.9 assists is very impressive. Good passer uh, shooting uh, really well from three and from the free throw line, uh, about almost 90% from the free throw line. Tech is 16 and three. And then, uh, and then has uh, the rank number five in uh, in four A. So I think he's got a chance. Uh, I don't know, you know how how that will, you know, coming in, you know, as as a, a transfer. I don't know. You never know how that factors in uh, to some of these decisions. Uh, you would hope it wouldn't, but but who knows? Uh, and then some other guys that that uh, I know. And Shark, I'll ask you about him. But Carson Jenkins, uh, Fort Wayne Snyder. Uh, he's 25.8 points, uh, 4.6 rebounds, and about 35% from three. And uh, I know you've seen him play, and but he's also a guard. So would that hurt his chances to make the team? Yeah, I mean, you look at – he's certainly, you know, I don't want to say he's carried Snyder because they also have Aiden Lambert who's averaging about uh, 22 
22 and a half a game, but those two are dynamic backcourt for the Panthers. And Carson's just a kid who can score any way you want him to, you know, he's a six, one, six, two, got good strength as a combo guard, you know, loves to shoot pull-ups, shoots with range, can get to the rim, um, can pass a little bit. But you also, like you said, Kyle, you look at the class of guards uh, here in 2022 and, you know, is he better than some of these other guys who are, you know, we're talking about, it's, it's hard to say. Yeah. I think they would probably have, he's one of those guys. I think you probably would need to have, have to make a tournament run uh, in his situation. And here's, here's a few other names. I'm going to Logan McIntyre, North Harrison uh, headed to Evansville. Uh, he's a shade over 20 points a game and 38% from three. Uh, had a good junior year, too. He's about 16 points a game last year. Uh, Billy Smith, uh, Shark mentioned from Burbuff, uh, Miami of Ohio commit, averaging 19.7, uh, shooting uh, uh, 41% from three, so having a really good year. Uh, went over the 1,000-point mark. Uh, and then how about Sean Tupola from Brownsburg? Uh, another guy who's bigger, uh, six foot nine. Um, you know, probably would be, you know, I, I don't know if it'd be a long shot, uh, but because his numbers aren't, you know, don't pop off the page necessarily. He's 7.8 points, 7.9 rebounds, and 1.6 block shots. Uh, 57% from the field had a big game the other night against uh, Pike. So I don't know. In a year where you're looking for bigs, I mean, he, he is a guy who's a little bit different. You know, he's, he's more of a, he's definitely more of an interior player than some of these guys. But uh, those are some other names I would put on my bubble at least. Uh, can I throw out a couple more, Kyle? Or you want to talk about those? Why don't you first? give me what's your take on Sean, uh, Trevor? Uh, obviously, one of the tougher kids in the class. Uh, he'll just do all the dirty work. Over the summer, I saw him get a tooth knocked out, and he basically didn't even bat an eye. He just kept playing through the through his tooth to his dad and kept playing. So he would definitely add a lot of toughness to uh, the team. But I just don't think his numbers are good enough and. I don't see Brownsburg making a deep run, but they could. They've had those stints this year of being a really top-tier team. Um, that Carmel win stands out. But uh, I just don't think his numbers are going to be good enough to really beat out, you know, a Jeff Simmons or a Bontrager and those types to uh, kind of jump over people at this point. Okay. And then also, uh, I missed one here, uh, and then I'll let you – uh, give some more names here, but uh, Brandon Northern from Silver Creek, uh, 26.6 points, 5.9 assists, uh, 4.3 rebounds. And uh, they are, you know, it's interesting. He's a, be an interesting case because, you know, he's won state a couple times, but uh, they lost obviously a ton of talent from last year with Cooper Jacoby and Trey Kaufman. And now he's kind of, you know, leading the way and having a really good year, but uh, they're seven and nine. So, you know, that's yeah. an interesting case in a year where it's so guard heavy too. You know, I, I didn't mean to forget him there, but uh, because he's certainly deserving of being on this list of, of potential all-stars. What do you think about his case? Um, I put him right there with Travis Grayson. Um, you mentioned Northern's career, you know, playing with Trey Kaufman, Wren and Cooper Jacoby. They've been, the, you know, the class of 3A basically his whole career until now. So 
to see him put up those individual points now also proves just the type of versatility he's had because with those two he was really being a defender and just slashing to the rim and now he's putting up with 26 points a game so I think if if he finished the year strong I mean I think I would put him on the list uh to be totally honest his career numbers have been pretty solid and then the career winning also mm-hmm. um, I rate that pretty high so there's a bunch of kind of Southern Indiana guys right there with them. You mentioned Logan McIntyre, um, maybe not had the career, but having a great senior year after a really good junior year heading to Evansville. Um, and then Will Lovings Watts down there at Jeffersonville, they're struggling a bit, but uh, he had a great career as well. So it's, it's tough to kind of compare you want to take overall career or just senior year accolades to uh, make the team and, try to fit all these guards and wings on the team is going to be really tough as well. But I think all of those guys should be right in that conversation of making the team. Yeah. And I'll throw out a, a couple more Southern Indiana kids. If we're going to stay in that part of the state, uh, Nick Kleiber from Bloomington North, he's averaging about 19 a game for a really good uh, Cougar squad there. Um, they've got a chance, you know, maybe Bloomington South isn't as powerful as they've been in the past they've got a chance to make some noise in the state tournament. And then uh, we'll head on down to bar Reeve and Hagen Nepp, who's had a phenomenal career um, for bar Reeve. So those two guys may be on the outside looking in right now, but a, a big state tournament run, you know, certainly uh, capable of maybe sneaking their way on at the end. Yeah. Hagen Nepp, uh, they, you know, class one, a state champion last year, uh, I had him on that next list of uh, other names, I guess, to to watch. And he's uh, 46% from three. So he, he can really shoot it. Really uh, stepped up. Yeah, 20.6 20, 20. points and 5.6 rebounds. And, you know, obviously they're a team that's has been able to make deep tournament runs. I would not count him out by any means uh, for making the team if they can do that again. Uh, kind of when you get into this neighborhood, I think of – you know, looking at bubble players, you know, it really does probably come down to how deep you can play and how much recognition you get from that, you know, point forward. Um, you know, so I think he's one who fits in that category, even though he's done it before, he might need to do it again, uh, where he's kind of the, maybe kind of the main guy. Um, yeah. You know, there's some other, who else did Trevor, you had, you said you had some other names too. Did we cover those yet? Yeah, those were the main guys. Um I would go down a little bit further. This would be even a, a tier below, but like Johnny Summers at Evansville Harrison, seven, a great year. Um, even Brandon Razor Moore, Will Levings Watts teammate at Jeffersonville. Uh, Razor Moore came in last year, averaged a bunch of points. And then this year he's been really filling it up. So I think those two probably lower on the list, but definitely deserve at least a look to make a team here. Yeah, Razor Moore. So I got his stats today too. I, I like his, uh, you know, big guard. You know, he's eighteen point five points and five point eight rebounds. And they've kind of had a weird season with some. You know, they've had some guys out, uh, including Loving's Watts at the beginning of the year. Um, so they're only four and eight, but they really haven't had their whole team uh, together for a whole lot of the season. They're kind of a weird. Could be a, a year in Southern Indiana in four A where it's kind of a little bit wide open. Uh, Floyd Central is probably the best team, but 
kind of, you know, maybe they're a team that makes a run and, and one of those guys maybe earns a way on onto the team. At this point, I kind of had them on lower on the bubble, but uh, you yeah. never know um, how that goes exactly. So they're kind of scary. I don't think I'd want to play them in the, in the sectional. Um, anybody else, uh, either, either one of you guys had, there's a few other names I was going to mention too, but, uh, did you guys have anybody else to, to mention? Um, if we're just talking about overall, what about like, uh, Hunter Johnson, uh-huh. uh, South Decatur putting up a bunch of numbers there last year, he put up a bunch of numbers. Another guy thinks probably on the outside looking in, but man, his numbers really catch your eye. Um, and then kind of a similar situation as Brandon Razor Moore, uh, Javon Buchanan up at Lafayette, Jeff, mm-hmm. he's, he's, uh, spent a year out in Kansas city, I believe, or Kansas, Wichita, Kansas, I think, uh, last year. So they missed Brooks Barnheiser senior year, but came back to Lafayette, Jeff this year, having a great year for them. Um, probably hasn't done quite enough to earn a spot on the team, but, is having a great senior year. Yeah, I was going to add Javon Buchanan. He's a kid where he's certainly capable of having big numbers, and um, that that sectional is is kind of wide open. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if they, you know, the Broncos come out of out of that sectional, and then you look at, you know, what's what's around, you know, the Northeast Indiana area. You know, I think we've covered everybody. I think we've got a, a pretty deep list here of kids who are our contenders um, for the all-star team. And it's it's kind of hard, you know, to to go much deeper with the quality we've already mentioned. What about Joe Reedy? I, he was a name I had down farther on the list. Uh, six foot seven and uh, 21.2 points and 11.5 rebounds. I know he'd be farther down on the list, but obviously having a good season and career. Yeah, you know, I went and saw them uh, opening night of the year, and he, you know, they were down 12, either late in the third or going into the fourth to a, a decent New Haven team. And Joe just completely put his Woodland squad on his back, basically single-handedly won that game for them. Um, he's a lanky athlete, kind of that 3-4 hybrid kid. Um, doesn't shoot it great from the perimeter, but he's long, he's athletic, he can get in the paint. Uh, can really finish and just just plays really hard. You know, that's a team that has a chance, I think, to, you know, they're in a that sectional with Leo, so maybe not a, a huge favorite to advance, but, you know, I think they've certainly got a chance if, you know, they've got a couple kids who can really shoot. Um, they've got a chance to maybe pull an upset there, and if, you know, they can get to regionals, I think that regional, you know, is fairly balanced. So, you know, Joe's an, another kid who um, maybe just doesn't have the notoriety statewide, but has certainly put up a, a ton of numbers throughout his career in Woodburn. Another guy that I really like as a player, I think he's going to be really good at the next level, uh, is Jackson Edwards of Cathedral. Uh, going to Murray State, you know, he's 10.2 points and 5.7 rebounds. Um, you know, probably hasn't quite had the overall year that, that, uh, you know, was hoping he would, but I mean, there's a lot of, I, I really think if Cathedral makes a run, you know, this, that'll help Comer obviously. And, you know, potentially could get Edwards on the map. Uh, probably at this point, he's pretty far down the list, but 
he's one of those guys I think like for an all-star game, like he's probably a guy who can help you uh, quite a bit with his style of play. Yeah, and his versatility, being able to guard in multiple positions and his overall athleticism. Like you said, I think his college career is probably going to be better than his high school career. Um, but like you said, probably need a deep run from uh, Cathedral to get him on the team. And I'm glad you mentioned Hunter Johnson, 33.3 or 33.1 points per game, uh, 9.4 rebounds. So, again, probably a long shot, but he's, he's definitely filling it up uh, for uh, South Decatur. Uh, Aiden Lambert, uh, Shark, you mentioned him. He's 21.9 points, uh, 40% from three. Uh, you know, as you go down here, you know, Javon Tracy's a guy. I mean, he's, he's gosh, I mean, 21.3 points. You know, had a great career there at Decatur. They're playing pretty well, actually, uh, nine and seven uh, so far this year for the Hawks. Uh, you know, another guy uh, who's a football player, Cale Vanderbush of Plainfield, he was kind of left over from that uh, really good team last year at uh, at Plainfield and 15.4 points, 5.5 rebounds. Again, they're only 10 and nine and probably will have a hard time uh, advancing real far. Although I would give them a, you know, I think they'll be tough in the sectional. Andy Weaver does a great job there, obviously, and maybe going head to head with Brownsburg, who has beat him twice. But uh, he's another guy, you know, if you're looking for size, very athletic player and, um, uh, you know, has had a really good career at Plainfield. Yeah, I had just actually, while you guys were talking, I quickly flipped up just to see what Kale's numbers were because, you know, we talked about Jeff Simmons as a kid, maybe a little undersized, but physical enough to play in on the interior, but going to play college football. Kale's going to play college football at uh, Iowa, I believe, as a tight end, and he's certainly – you know, a kid that can do a lot of different things, especially in like a glue guy role in an all-star team where he's just got to rebound, be available for dump offs at the rim, you know, maybe take a bigger guy off the dribble. So um, you have options. I think, you know, we've talked about, and you obviously don't hope this, but, you know, there's always a potential for injury in a state tournament and that could, you know, maybe open up a spot for one of these kids we talked about being kind of on the border or outside looking in right now. And if you're going to have a dunk contest and throw lobs, how about Antonio Lisenby? I mean, he's, <laughs> yeah, uh, no he's got to be leading the state in dunks, I think. Yeah, definitely explosive. Um, and I, we haven't mentioned Rasheed Jones. He's also having a pretty good year for Tech. Yeah. Uh, to get multiple guys on from there, they would have to, I would certainly say, win the state title. Yeah. You were talking about uh, Sean out at Brownsburg. That might be a, a sneaky solid pick with all the guards that are on this team that can penetrate. All Sean's got to do is stay ready to jump by the rim. And he's certainly probably the best in the state and going up and getting uh, lobs and, you know, right there with Lizenby, you know, he could have a big game in an all-star type setting, just playing off of penetration and being available for dump offs and alley-oops. Absolutely. And I think that's why, you know, I think they'll, I think Sean will get a look. I mean, I, you know, just the makeup of this team, and like Trevor said, his his numbers uh, probably not going to help you a ton. You know, but that's not really what uh, he does. You know, it's not like he's a big time scorer. Um, you know, he's going to do other things for you. So I do think somebody. You know, maybe not him, but there will be somebody on this team who probably doesn't have. You know, Charlie Williams, for instance, like Trevor mentioned, not having huge uh, number season, but. You know, that happens. You play on a Carmel team where, you know, you just it's it's very balanced. And 
you know, they don't have a, a big time score necessarily. Suter's definitely done more of that this year, but they kind of share the wealth a little bit. His Charlie's still shooting 65% from the field. So uh, it's not like he's, you know, having a bad season by any means, just doesn't have a, you know, real big numbers. So uh, it's kind of, it's always comparing apples to oranges sometimes when you look directly at statistics. But I think some of this too, you know, top 60 workout, you know, things like that. They, those things do matter. I mean, you see guys play head-to-head against each other. You're going to get a better sense of, all right, he can play, he can do this and that, he can guard multiple spots, uh, he can he can shoot, you know, he, he he can fill a role for you, handling the ball or whatever the case may be. So some of that stuff will come down to, uh, you know, just how it fits the team and the team dynamic and, you know, what what can he do off the bench, give us energy and, and you know, that sort of thing. So, you know, they're ultimately looking looking to beat Kentucky twice, not just run a list of players uh, in a, you know, in a box score. It's you're trying to win two games and put a put a good team together. So all those things kind of matter. But, uh, you know, I think there's at least three spots there that maybe four uh, that'll be, you know, kind of still yet to be weeded out at this point. And uh, Kyle, you were talking about apples and oranges comparisons. Uh, talking about uh, Charlie Williams in particular, Carmel plays such a slow pace and methodical game most nights. I mean, you can't really just take his overall numbers either. You got to figure out his efficiency, like you said, at 65%. You know, him and Tapula, neither one of their teams are getting up and down the court like a Tech or a Snyder, where they would have those opportunities to you know, compile a little bit more scoring or rebounding or anything like that. So that's another factor to consider. Well, and you mentioned uh, Tech there. I had a hard time choosing which of the guys to put on the list because they're also even uh, even to consider. You know, I, there's times where I think Rashid Jones is maybe the most important player, and then other games where I'm like, man, if they didn't have Lizenby, you know, where would they be? But then you look at the numbers, you know, Bass and Davion Turner – uh, both are have been, you know, very efficient as far as shooting goes and, and assists. So it's hard yeah. to it's really hard to you know, choose between those four guys at Tech. Uh, and then you also wonder, you know, some of the negative stuff that the coaches feel about Tech is, you know, how right. that, you know, ultimately you shouldn't play a factor. I would hope it's just based on what the kids are doing. But uh, you wonder about that too, you know, how that, how that impacts things, the sort of the political side of it, mm-hmm. but who who would you, Trevor, you've seen him play a few times. Who would you pick out the tech team? Um, I put Reggie, Reggie Bass at the top of the list. Um, I think just his overall playmaking and the type of season he's had. Um, I think that it would put him number one for me. Um, I think he's the most, um, probably the most consistent, you know, piece of their puzzle, if you will. Like if they don't have him on a night to night basis, I think they're a totally different team and would struggle a lot more, but um, I would go with Reggie to top my uh, tech list, if you will. Okay. Well, and we mentioned uh, kind of skipped over uh, Logan McIntyre. What, what kind of player is Logan? Uh, how, how much have you guys seen him play? Um, I've seen him a decent amount, usually more in the summer than the high school year, but, Really good size for a shooting guard, uh, can hit shots on the move, kind of like a Connor Asijan type where he can come off screens, you know, cut into a uh, cut into a three and knock down shots. Uh, also a pretty good athlete. He'll get to the basket fairly regularly. So overall, really good player. I think I think he's right on that 
that borderline of making the team. Um, but like we've mentioned many, many times, it's, there's so many guards. It's going to be tough to figure out who makes it. Yeah, and he didn't have to put up huge numbers for them last year because they had LT Hatton, who's now at William & Mary, the, the 6'9 forward, um, was there last year in their main gun. And Logan was kind of, you know, the Robin to his Batman and Logan's really stepped up this year. You know, we talked about so many players needing a, a deep tournament run. That would be, you know, North Harrison who, you know, could get that this year now with, you know, Silver Creek being uh, decimated for what they've been the past few years and, and Heritage Hills as well has lost, you know, Blake Sicily from last year. So um, maybe North Harrison, you know, they get high at the right time could be, uh, prime to get to regionals here, maybe even semi-state. Well, that's a good uh, start, I think. That's, uh, you know, I know there's probably some some other names out there maybe we didn't touch on who you could throw on the list, but you get to a certain point where it's, uh, you know, you only have 13 spots, and there are definitely some great players out there uh, who don't make it every year. I mean, that's just the way it is. It's, it's always hard. You look back 20 years ago, and there's always – wow, he wasn't an all-star and, and, you know, it just, it kind of happens that way. Uh, but I think this year is going to be at least one through nine or 10, probably 10, I would say is, is, is fairly simple. And you could even probably, I mean, if, if, uh, you know, Fishers wins a sectional, you know, say, and they, they make a run, I think that becomes pretty easy to put a guy like Jeffrey Simmons on the team. So there are some questions I think will be answered. You know, the Gerard twins at Mount Vernon, if they, if they make a pretty good run, I don't think anybody questioned putting both of them on. So, you know, you could get up to uh, 13 relatively easy. It's just, I think the biggest question I would have is the, uh, you know, the, the, the bigs on this year's team, who are you going to put on there uh, that can, that can fill that role, you know, one or two guys. And certainly you could move uh, some of the other guys we've mentioned, you know, uh, Suter has guarded big players before and, um, you know, CJ Gunn is, is a good size and, and Tay Davis, of course, he's probably six, six or six, seven. Um, you know, so you have some, some decent sized wings. You just don't have your true post player, uh, like you did last year where you had seemed like you had six, nine guys everywhere. So, uh, just not quite that way this, uh, season. Uh, but, uh, so I think, is that, is that to you guys kind of the biggest question about this team? Oh yeah, for sure. And, uh, we kind of started it talking about him earlier, but if Jalen Washington did play the year and he was a lock, that would really change those last few spots as well. But um, yeah, the center position is definitely the biggest question mark to me. I think you can go a number of ways. And I think I start with Charlie Williams and uh, Jeff Simmons to start with for, still for me and then Bon Traeger and Sean right behind him. And I think maybe – Obviously, that's probably the biggest question. My other big question is how many point guards are they going to want to take? Because, you know, you have Braden Smith, you have, you know, Travis Grayson there, Brandon Northern, you've got Tayshawn Comer. You know, you have four or five guys who on maybe any other year would be dead solid locks to be on an all-star team. And now – you know, I don't think they're going to take five point guards. So somebody's going to be uh, the odd man out on that list. Yeah, that's certainly true. And, and uh, you know, I think we'll that that part of that, too, will be kind of meted out a little bit in, as the tournament plays out. So not all of it will. I think some of these guys will have their spot already 
uh, secured, but, uh, you know, it always, it always does, you know, you, you kind of ride a hot streak in the tournament and, and all of a sudden you're, you're pretty solidly in the mix. So, uh, we'll see any, any, uh, you know, anything you guys are really looking forward to as we wrap up here, this last uh, part of the season, seeing how, uh, this, this regular season plays out. Uh, I mean, I just want to see Chester and win a state championship. That'd be, uh, <laughs> that'd be pretty nice for me, Kyle. <laughs> I think it could, people have asked me about Chesterton, honestly. And I, 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 I tell people, I think they can, you know, maybe if they were playing down here all the time, they might not be undefeated, but there's not a team down here. They can't beat. I, I, yeah. I do believe that. And it's, it's just pretty open at the top of the rankings. Anyway, uh, we've seen cathedral struggle a little bit, Fishers, Carmel, everybody's got their weaknesses. So if there's a year to do it, I think this would be the year to do it. I yeah, think I, I agree with that. Go ahead, Chart. I think one of the really uh, interesting subplots to me is the 3A state tournament because there's so many teams that I think are around the same level in 3A where, like Trevor said, they have weaknesses, but, you know, if they put it together at the right time, you know, you look at a rebuff, you look at Mishawaka Marion, you look at you know, a lot of teams from around the state that can get going and all you need is, you know, five, six games where you put it together and all of a sudden, you know, here you are at at semi-state or at state with a chance to win. You know, I don't think many people gave Leo much of a chance last year to make it to state. Um, And, you know, they pull off a a come from behind win at semi-state and, you know, it wouldn't surprise me for 3A to have a lot of, um, upsets and a lot of unpredictability in that bracket come tournament time. Yeah, I agree. I'm looking forward to uh, the couple couple sectionals. I mean, we hopefully we'll have you guys on again here. We'll talk a little bit about you know as we lead up to the sectionals and things like that. But you know, to me, I, I really I think it's still Carmel is still probably the team I would take in 4A if, if it's all uh, you know everything's equal. Um, you know, I, I still think they're going to be really tough to beat, even as tough as that sectional is. And, you know, you just haven't seen Fishers do it yet. You know, not saying they can't do it, but uh, we've seen Carmel do it so many times. It's hard to pick against them. Uh, but I am curious to see, like, what that, uh, you know, what does that Southport Regional look like? I mean, who are the teams who end up playing in that? And, you know, I I, I think that could be really fun. You, you could have, a, you know, what, Ben Davis, Mount Vernon, you know, Brownsburg, and then, uh, whoever comes out of sectional 10, you know, cathedral, maybe, you know, that, that looks like a fun four team regional, you know, I would say so. And again, I don't know, even know who you'd pick out of those four. So that kind of makes it a fun, uh, for a tournament this year. Cause I think like Trevor said, it's just, uh, you know, we use the term wide open probably too, too much, but it just really does feel like any night, you know, you don't know who's going to win. <laughs> so for us covering it, it makes it a lot of fun. So I think that's the, the cool thing about this year is there's nothing really predetermined that we can expect anything. Yeah. I'm right there with you, especially for a, I don't think we've seen for a, this, this, you know, deep in a while where you really have eight to 10 teams that you wouldn't be surprised, you know, ending up in a state final or winning it even. So I'm right. I'm right there with you, Kyle. Well, good. I hope you guys are always right there with me. I'm, <laughs> we we have our doubts sometimes, but <laughs> the shark has to hold the bag. So that's right. 
All right. Well, guys, I appreciate you. I thought we were going to get shut off here because I had a 40 minute uh, time limit, but uh, I think we've, <laughs> we've gone beyond that. So uh, appreciate you uh, coming on against. This is uh, Kyle Nedrip, uh with our preps, uh, Indy Star Preps uh, podcast and the guys from Indiana Basketball Source, Trevor Andershock, Jeff Shanley, Shark. Uh, thanks for coming on with us, guys. Thanks, Kyle. I appreciate it. Hey, always a pleasure, Kyle.